Thank you, Madam Clerk. Good evening, everyone. The formal meeting of the Richmond City Council will now come to order. Madam Clerk, if you would read the necessary uh, electronic meeting notice followed by the roll call. Yes, before we begin tonight's meeting, I must state the following for the record. This meeting is being held as an electronic meeting pursuant to and in compliance with Ordinance Number 2020-093, adopted April 9, 2020, as most recently amended by Ordinance Number 2020-232, adopted December 14, 2020. Notice of this meeting was provided to the public by means of a public information advisory issued on April 29, 2021, as well as through Legistar on the city's website in accordance with the usual practice. Members of the public were encouraged to comment in writing prior to the meeting. I, City Clerk Candace Reed, am the person responsible for receiving such comments, and any received prior to 10 a.m. this morning have been provided to Council. Members of the public who signed up to do so will be called to speak at the appropriate time, either during the citizen comment period or during the public hearing for the particular legislation on which they signed up to address. In order to identify each member of the Council who is present electronically or physically for this meeting, I will now call the roll. Mr. Addison? Ms. Jordan? Here. Ms. Lambert? Here. Ms. Larson? Here. Ms. Lynch? Here. Ms. Trammell? Here. Mr. Jones? Present. Vice President Robertson? And President Newbill? Here. All members are in attendance with the exception of Councilors Addison and Vice President Robertson. You do have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. At this time, the invocation will be offered by Deacon Francis Nelson, Jr. of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church, and it will be followed by the Pledge of Allegiance. Deacon Nelson. Let us quiet our minds and our hearts today. God, our Father, we thank you for the gift of life and the opportunity to serve the citizens of Richmond, Virginia. As we go through our deliberations in our meeting today, help us to act with character and conviction. Help us to listen with understanding and goodwill. And help us to speak with charity and restraint. Father God, give us a spirit of service and remind us that we are stewards of your divine authority. And finally, Father, renew us with the strength of your presence and the joy of helping to build a community worthy of the dignity of the citizens of Richmond. We ask this as your adopted sons and daughters, confident in your goodness and love. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, Deacon Nelson, for that invocation. Members, if you would now join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag to of, the the United, of, the of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, members. Members, uh, at this time, um, just like to uh, pause. Uh, recently, we all learned of the passing of uh, uh, Miss Adele C. Johnson, a great leader 
and the director of our Black History Museum and Cultural Center of Virginia. This evening, I would ask that you would join me in a moment of silence in honor and recognition of her great service, commitment, leadership in our city that impacted us all as we visited that venue. So if you would now please join me in a moment of silence. Thank you. A virtual celebration of life service is being planned for Ms. Johnson for later this month. Those details will be forthcoming. And to honor her memory and at her request, the family is asking that in lieu of any other acts of kindness, that memorial donations would be made to the Black History Museum and Cultural Center of Virginia. Thank you all. With that, Madam Clerk, let's move on to the citizen speaker guidelines. Yes, citizens wishing to speak during public hearings and or citizen comment period generally have three minutes to speak. Persons appearing before council are not allowed to campaign for public office, promote private business ventures, use language of a personal nature which insults or demeans any person, including comments directed to public officials or staff members that are not related to their official duties or address or question staff members directly. All questions are to be directed to the president of council. Failure to adhere to the guidelines may result in speakers forfeiting any remaining time and further disciplinary action as necessary, which could include barring from attendance at future meetings of city council for a period of six months. Thank you, Mr. Clark. Let's move on to the citizen comment period. Please call the first speaker. The first speaker is Danielle Cohen. Thank you. My name is Danielle Cohen, and I am opposed to a casino in our city. My husband and I live in the museum district, and we love Richmond. Tonight, I am here to defend our vibrant local community and want to make a statement on jobs, impact on small businesses, and impact to our community. Jobs. The Cordish Company and Council have touted jobs as the primary reason for this project. However, this includes a significant number of short-term jobs that will quickly evaporate. Of those that remain, many will go to current Cordish employees brought in to open and manage the casino. Of the few jobs left, how many will actually go to Richmond residents who will bear the burden of this project? Impact on small businesses. Cordish indicates they will be different than other casinos that have historically gutted communities and ruined small businesses. However, casino visitors only stay one and a half nights, and we know that these complexes are designed to, pe to keep people within their walls. 
According to the Small Business Administration, when you spend $100 at a small business, $48 stays within the community. When spending the same at a big national company, only $14 stays within the community. Furthermore, Cordish touts its 4,000 seat concert space. How does this differ from our current Altria Theater? How does creating another venue of similar capacity benefit our current local businesses and their employees? Finally, community impact. As of earlier today, 14 neighborhood associations formally oppose the construction of this casino. The citizens of Richmond are not opposed to growth. We want growth that is consistent and compatible with our city's character. Instead of believing the words of a company that has no root or commitment to the long-term viability of our community, I asked city council to believe in its citizens who work, live, and invest in Richmond and made it what it is today. We built Richmond and we will defend Richmond. And I asked city council to please consider opposing the casino project. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Cohen. Madam Clerk. The next speaker is Jean McCarthy. Jean McCarthy. And if you are on by phone, please dial star six before making your comment. The next speaker is Jerome Legions. Jerome Legions. I'm here. Give me a moment, please. All right. Yes. Sorry about that. Uh, yes, I, my name is Jerome Legions. I live in Richmond, and I've been in Richmond for quite some time. And I would like to speak in favor of the Cordes Project. All too often, I mean, just because we're not hearing support for Cordes does not mean that it's not out there. I like the idea, and I'm sure that there are other folks out here that like the idea of Cordes providing jobs for some of our citizens, especially those that are sort of unemployed, marginally employed or less than employed, if you will. And so this is an opportunity that we can actually give them an opportunity when we keep talking about economic equity. So let's take that opportunity to do so, which is why I asked the city council to look at this project and not with their biases that are being presented and with the open eye and actually support the project for quarters. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Legions. Madam Clerk. The next speaker is... Oluderi Ogunde. Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Oh, all right. Good evening. Um, I'm Madam President and members of the City Council. Um, I first, I want to I want to apologize. The last time I was called uh, to speak, I was unable to get on due to technical difficulties. So I apologize for that. Um, I was supposed to speak on the public safety uh, building. Um, so, but I appreciate what the council did on that to include uh, private labor agreements on that project. Um, I speak in my capacity um, as the president of a nonprofit here, Project Give Back to Community, and a co-founder of the organization, and also in my capacity as the lead organizer for the laborers' union here in the city of Richmond. Um, I'm speaking to show support and to ask that you support the construction of one casino. Um, here in the city of Richmond. I want to say 
um, that even though we have a prevailing wage requirement on this project, that that one casino has committed uh, to hiring a city of Richmond resident, and they have signed an agreement with Lyona uh, to hire some of our residents to work on this project. So there's a guarantee from that um, group, one, one Richmond, that we're going to have uh, citizens of Richmond that are go go, going to build that casino, not only just build a casino, they're going to make um, money up way above uh, the prevailing wages, and not just that, uh, that they're going to have full benefits, um, uh, retirement benefits and health benefits while building that casino. So we do support that project. And I want to say something um, that I think I want to, something very historical that I think all of us should be very aware of. Um, I was one of the three people when uh, I, was, I happened to be at the General Assembly when this casino um, bill was passed. I happened to stumble upon that room that day, and there were three people that objected to that because at the time the five licenses were issued, um, it was supposed to be just for uh, the Pumonkey and Colonial Downs only. And I raised an objection to that on the grounds that they should allow the city of Richmond, you know, um, to choose whoever they want to choose. In particular, I was particularly offended by it because it was in February of last year. And I thought as a, in Black History Month, you know, that they never give consideration to black uh, to the black collective. Uh, they give to the Indians and they give to uh, to other white folks. Now, this is what got us here today. Uh, and I'm saying that let's allow uh, this organization uh, one casino will be the first black-owned casino in the country. Uh, we deserve to have one out of all the casinos being built all over the world, all over the country, and uh, being reserved for everybody else. Kurdish is a white-owned, white is going to be white-owned. Uh, one casino is going to be black-owned. There's time for black world to be built, and I would appreciate if you can let that ha- make that happen. Now, one last thing about 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 there's an issue about about where there's um where there's experience. Now, there's always going to be a first time. Nobody ever asks any white company when they want to build the first one whether there's an issue of whether they have experience. Uh, Urban, uh, one casino has a very reputable, experienced partner in Colonial Downs. Now, but So I find it very offensive as a black man that once a black man is going to do something, everybody's crying about lack of experience. Even when you have a partner that has a strong experience uh, to be with you. So this man has a good experience as CEO. We Thank should you, let Dr. one casino build this. That's your time. Thank you so much. I Thank appreciate you, Mr. Gunde. Madam Clark, next speaker. The next speaker is Rodney Hall. Good evening, President Newbill and council members. This is Rodney Hall and Ivy Hall calling from 2020 Ingram Avenue. Just wanted Good to evening. first uh, thank the first precinct captain as well as the officers over there who have stepped up patrols in the Oak Grove neighborhood. They're doing an excellent job. Also wanted to uh, let you all know of our support as well as the Oak Grove community for one casino and resort. As we've been talking to neighbors as well as the president of the Oak Grove Civic Association, uh, Rosa Jones, uh, quite a few individuals in the neighborhood have supported one casino and resort, not just because it's a casino, but also because it's going to be a resort. One of the most important things that stands out to me being a mass con person is the fact that uh, one casino plans on giving at least $50 million uh, to advertising, $25 million to Richmond, Virginia, advertising to uh, advertise and broadcast uh, 
among all of the Urban One media radio stations, which is very important. In addition to that, the 1,500 permanent jobs that they're offering to Richmond residents, an annual salary of $55,000 per year. And most important for me, someone that grew up in the 8th District, is jobs, 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 location, location, location. As you travel down Richmond Highway, you think about young people, and I know all young people will not be able to work in the casino, but there are other entities of this resort that they would be able to work in. There are very, very few jobs over here in the 8th District that young people can get to very easily. Um, So that is one of the things that sold me when it came to one casino and a lot of the other individuals that you talk to here in the area. The other thing is location, location, location. It's right off of 95. It doesn't impact neighborhoods like the other proposals have. Um, It is very close to the airport, bringing uh, airport or folks that are flying in uh, easily uh, from 895 as well as from 95 coming south. And it offers an opportunity for us to use the James River because it won't be that far from the Port of Richmond. So an idea that came to my mind is suppose we could have tours that could go up the James River, just like we had with the Annabelle Lee, maybe drop tourists off at different locations, possibly Rockets Landing, so that they could visit Historic Church Hill. And maybe another stop, uh, we could have a tour mobile that could actually take them to Scott's Edition. But the thing about Scott's Edition is it's already saturated. A lot of the folks don't want it there. And as we talk to the people in the 8th District, they definitely want the economic development. They definitely want the jobs. And as far as security is concerned, they think the security and and the police presence will be beefed up because you have a casino and resort in this area. And that's all I have for right now. Thank you, Mr. Hall. Madam Clerk, if you would call the next speaker. The next speaker is Carolyn Johnson. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hi, I'm Carolyn Johnson. I'm with the McGuire Civics Association. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, Good evening. Thank you. I just wanted to speak in support of the one project because the project is bigger than the casino and the resort. It's about equity in the black and brown community. We don't have any sit down restaurants in the eighth districts. We always have to go outside of our district to find a decent restaurant that we can patronize. So we're very excited about the opportunity for jobs, even if it's just short term, long term, it's an opportunity for people to work, to put food on the table, to pay bills, and to feel like they've done something that gives them a little dignity about themselves. Because a lot of times, people don't want to give you a job because of your background or your lack of experience. So I feel like this is an opportunity where people have an opportunity to work build equity in the community, as well as keeping some of those funds local. I mean, one is talking about 12 of Richmond best restaurants and breweries in one location. That's 
money right here local where you don't have to travel outside of the city. So while we're excited about the resort that has games, music, and so much more, to me, the bonus is the opportunity to have jobs in the 8th District that's on the bus line when a lot of people don't have an opportunity to get back and forth to work using um, Uber or any of those other means of transportation. So we're excited about it and we're excited to support the project in the 8th District. Thank you, Ms. Johnson. Thank you. Madam Clark, next speaker. The next speaker is Charles Page. Good afternoon, everyone on this chat tonight today. Good afternoon. Yes, my name is Charles Page, and I'm a 28-year-old. Um, I'm a native of South Richmond, and I've attended George Wolf and as well as Summerhill Elementary. But in all the years of living in the area, there hasn't really been any development in the South Side since I've been living here, which means there's no new jobs in South Side. So to, big, to piggyback off of what everybody else so far has said, I think it will bring lots of jobs opportunities to South Richmond, not just at the casino, like everybody else was saying, but um, more jobs will be focused towards minorities because there are a lot of people who are in like the subsidized housing and the uh, homeless people are very rampant in this area. And... I think that will bring more economic opportunities to them because they will have more jobs here with the casino and the resort. And it's going to bring a generational wealth, which without it, they probably wouldn't have that opportunity. Uh, speaking of coming from a single family household like I was, we won't have that opportunity unless that was brought to our attention. And then it's going to bring money as far as uh, storms, as when the roads are damaged to fix potholes. Um, and if people are coming from out of state to come to the casino, they probably won't come because of the damage that could possibly be done to their cars. And then... Also, with the Richmond having be lacking in uh, entertainment, there's going to be a whole lot of big entertainers that's going to come who Richmond normally doesn't see. Because I've been seeing like big celebrities come to other states near Richmond or near Virginia, as far as like Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, but they don't stop here, and I sort of don't think that's fair. So people who are in Richmond who can't travel out to come see those people. And that's my time right there. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Page. Madam Clerk, the next speaker, if you would. The next speaker is Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith. If you are on by phone, please dial star six before making your comment. And Madam President, I do not see or hear anyone. So that concludes the list of speakers for this evening.
Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, I would just like to thank everyone who joined us this evening to share your comments regarding the casino projects currently being evaluated by the city. We appreciate um, your feedback and look forward to um, ongoing um, commentary as we proceed through this process. Thank you. Councilwoman Trammell, I see your hand there. Thank you, Madam President. I also want to thank the speakers who have come down tonight to speak in my 8th district. Also, I want it to be known that they have been out there canvassing the area all through the 8th district and to get their support. And I know that they've been putting out, I know Rodney and, and um, Cohen's been putting out this, the one that's got the sign. It says one, so they've been putting those signs out. And they've also been getting a lot of feedback, a lot of positive um, feedback from the citizens in, in our 8th district. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Madam Clerk, let's move on to review amendments to tonight's agenda. Yes, Madam President, the amendments to tonight's agenda are as follows. Item 1, Ordinance 2021-083 will be amended later this evening and continued to the Monday, June 14th Council meeting. Item 2, Ordinance 2021-095 will be amended later this evening and continued to the Monday, May 24th council meeting. Item three, ordinance 2021-098 will be continued to the Monday, May 24th council meeting. Item seven, ordinance 2021-102 will be moved from tonight's consent agenda to tonight's regular agenda. Item 11, Ordinance 2021-106 will be continued to the Monday, May 24th council meeting. And lastly, item 13, Ordinance 2021-097 will be continued to the Monday, July 26th council meeting. Madam President, those are all the amendments to tonight's agenda. Thank you, Mr. Clark. Is there a motion to accept the agenda as amended? So moved. Second. Second. Thank you. Council is voting on this evening's agenda amendments as presented. Mr. Addison. Aye. Ms. Jordan. Aye. Ms. Lambert. Aye. Ms. Larson. Aye. Ms. Lynch. Aye. Ms. Trammell. Aye. Mr. Jones. Aye. President Newbill. Aye. The amended agenda is before you, and the consent agenda consists of the following items. Item 4, Ordinance 2021-099. Item 5, Ordinance 2021-100. Item 6, Ordinance 2021-101. Item 8, Ordinance 2021-103. Item 9, Ordinance 2021-104, item 10, ordinance 2021-105, and lastly, item 12, ordinance 2021-107. Madam President, those are all the items on tonight's consent agenda. Thank you, Mr. Clark. We will now hold a public hearing on the consent agenda. Mr. Clark, are there persons who signed up prior to this meeting to speak in opposition and or in favor of any of the items on the consent agenda? No, Madam President, we had no individuals who signed up to speak to these items. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. The public hearing is now closed. Bring it back to Council for any discussion. Members, any discussion relative to the consent agenda items?
Seeing none, Mr. Deputy Clerk, please call the question. Yes, Council is now voting on the consent agenda items as presented. Mr. Addison. Aye. Ms. Jordan. Aye. Ms. Lambert. Aye. Ms. Larson. Aye. Ms. Lynch. Aye. Ms. Trammell. Aye. Mr. Jones. Aye. President Newbell. Aye. Those papers have been adopted. Thank you, Mr. Clark. Uh, let's move on to uh, the regular agenda. The first regular agenda item for this evening is item 7, ordinance 2021-102, to rezone 300 and 400 Oliver Hill Way from the M1 Light Industrial District to the TOD1 Transit-Oriented Nodal District and 510 Oliver Hill Way from the M2 Heavy Industrial District to the TOD1 Transit-Oriented Nodal District. That paper is before you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I will ask uh, the patron um, and specifically any staff and or staff from the administration to speak to that paper and any items that uh, you'd like to update us on coming out of the Planning Commission meeting. Well, yes, Madam President, I believe um, Planning Director Kevin Vonk is on. Thank you, Mr. Vonk. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Newell. Um, yes, so uh, this paper was discussed. Uh, originally, it was on the consent agenda. Um, however, at, at the request of a member of the public uh, was and the request of a commissioner, it was moved to the regular agenda at the City Planning Commission. Uh, our staff recommendation uh, is for approval uh, of this um, paper. Um, we do believe that it does conform uh, with the um, both Pulse Corridor Plan uh, Richmond 300, the future um, land use of destination mixed use. Um, you know, currently, uh, as noted, uh, there's some manufacturing uh, M1 and M2 zoning, and we believe the TOD uh, one zoning does fit within uh, the recommendations of the master plan. Um, with that, we did have some discussion uh, about some of the um, uh, what, what this means in, in terms of the future for the area. Uh, I do believe uh, council or the planning commission and the recommendation um, did make the uh, distinction um, that this project, you know, was going to be taken on its own merits and did not necessarily set a precedent um, for the rest of uh, potential rezonings in in the um, Chaco Valley. Um, so with that, I, I'd be um, available to answer any questions you or other council members may have. Thank you, Mr. Bach. Um, if you would remain with us, just in case there are questions during discussion. At this point, we will move to a uh, public hearing. And Madam, Madam Clerk, yes, Madam Clerk, do we have any persons who signed up to speak um, prior to this meeting in favor and or opposition to this paper? We do not. Thank you, Madam Clerk. The public hearing is now closed. Bring it back to council for any discussion or questions. Seeing none, please call the question, Madam Clerk. Council is voting on Ordinance 2021-102 as read. Mr. Addison? Aye. Ms. Jordan? Aye. Ms. Lambert? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. 
Ms. Lynch? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Jones? Aye. And President Newbill? Aye. That paper has been adopted. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Let's move on to the next item. The next item on the regular agenda for this evening is item 14, resolution 2021-R025 to establish a process for completing the final disposition in accordance with ordinance number 2020-154 adopted August 3rd, 2020 of certain Confederate monuments removed from city-owned property. That paper is before you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Members, this is a paper that um, our uh, acts that our uh, council chief of staff would uh, work in collaboration with the administration to establish a process for the final disposition as indicated here of the Confederate monuments. And I would ask Ms. Davis just to give a brief overview. The uh, item, what's important here is that we would have a collaborative process that we, this paper codifies. And uh, Ms. Davis, if you would provide any additional comment. Good evening, members of council and President Newbill. Uh, we have met under the law, the Council Chief of Staff Office has received and advertised um, for the disposition of the monuments and solicited any interest. And the legislation um, that's before you has been created to provide guidelines for staff on the final disposition. We have a collaborative committee with administration and that committee consists of various departments. Um, Bob Seidel, three members from this staff, Steve Taylor, Steve Skinner, myself, as well as uh, planning with Kevin Bonnick and um, Chris Breckle. So, and Lincoln Saunders and Maggie Anderson. So those members um, have already filed with uh, the car commission for the actual artifacts and grading the pedestals. And there's a schedule of those items going through the car committee and it should be completed June 21st uh, after going through, um, after going through the commission of architectural review Tuesday, May 25th at 3.30, the Urban Design Committee, Thursday, June 10th at 10 o'clock a.m., and then the City Planning Commission, June 21st. We will meet, the next steps is this committee, the Collaborative Committee will meet this Thursday at 8.30. The purpose of that committee is in a simultaneous review, we will look at um, scoring and a uniform scoring process for the actual monuments and those request tours and the information that we have received. And our goal is to make a recommendation to council um, either by the end of June 28th, but to have a simultaneous review and a process where we will make recommendations to you for a resolution so that we can dispose of the monuments. And there will be a public hearing as a part of that process, which is also a requirement of this legislation and this resolution. 
Thank you, Ms. Davis. I want to thank you for your leadership and your work in collaboration with the administration to delineate the steps forward to allow us to address the statutes in their final disposition and for codifying that in the context of this particular paper. With that, members, we will now have a public hearing on the paper. Madam Clerk, do we have persons who have signed up in advance of the meeting to speak in opposition and or in favor of this paper? We do. The first speaker is Robert Floyd. I'm here. Let me begin by thanking the President of the Council for this opportunity and for providing this public forum. Like all of you, I was heartbroken by the tragic events of summer 2020, which led to the removal of the Richmond Monuments. For years, my wife and I have enjoyed these monuments for their artistic value and their historic significance to the City of Richmond, Virginia, and the United States. I believe the City possesses a significant responsibility to ensure they are preserved for future generations. In Executive Order 13990, President Joe Biden declared our nation has an abiding commitment to conserve our national treasures and monuments, places that secure our national memory. The President's order does not distinguish between monuments that are universally accepted or controversial. After reviewing the 22 proposals, I believe the best solution is for the City to bestow the monuments to private organizations or individuals who will display and preserve these monuments on private property in Virginia for future generations. I respectfully request the President of the Council to outright reject any proposal that would destroy these historic monuments or would remove them from Virginia. I will conclude by voicing support for two specific proposals. First, I want to lobby support for the Jeb Stewart Birthplace Preservation Trust. They are a 501c3 charity. Jeb Stewart's birthplace is on the National Register of Historic Places, and the Stewart family has multi-generational service in the United States Army, commanding soldiers of all races and ethnic backgrounds. The Stewart family's intentions and sincere patriotism are without question. Second, the Virginia Division of the Sons of Confederate Veterans, also a 501c3 charity, is uniquely prepared to accept the responsibility of finding private property for these monuments. In the last year, they have worked with communities across Virginia to relocate Confederate memorials to private land, often to the satisfaction of citizens who would support removal and those who would rather see the monuments remain. Thank you again for this opportunity. God bless, and I yield the rest of my time. Thank you, Mr. Floyd. Madam Clerk, next speaker. The next speaker is Volpe Boykin. Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Uh, my name is Volpe Boykin. Uh, thank you, Council, for allowing the opportunity for people to speak on this issue. I'd like to say that everyone needs to stop looking at these historic artifacts, which are also magnificent works of art by famous artists, as anything except just that. Destroying them or using them as perpetual insults to have vengeance on those long, long dead is beyond ridiculous and should be beyond intelligent government officials. 
You've got about 22 proposals, which I've read, some of which would benefit the city of Richmond and the Commonwealth of Virginia, and a few which are reasonable dispositions for the statues. Remember that, please, that pettiness reflects well on no one. I've only seen organizations such as the Taliban and ISIS and ISIS and other extremists that have the view that you should destroy important historic art or artifacts just because you don't approve of why they were erected one or more centuries ago. I've had friends and relatives from Italy, Poland, Israel, and other European countries come to visit me who in the past wanted to see Monument Avenue. They didn't care about why the statues were put up or who they were put up to. They just wanted to see the artistic statuary, especially my relatives from Italy who keep asking, well, the Romans didn't destroy the statues of Caesar and Caligula, who they hated, because they wanted to keep them as important works of art. Please show the international community that we are more intelligent and civilized than the militants of the Taliban and ISIS by preserving these historic works of art in a dignified and responsible way. You must remember that the future will judge us. What you decide reflects not only on you, the city of Richmond, but in many ways is the entire United States of America as a whole. And also, I just want to add that it is not right or fair to judge people of the distant past with 21st century 2020 hindsight. And I thank you for the opportunity. And I do have trust in you that you will make a responsible decision in reference to these artifacts. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Boykin. Madam Clark, next speaker. The next speaker is Sarah Driggs. Hi, um, thank you. My name is Sarah Driggs and I co-wrote a book about Monument Avenue and I served on the Monument Avenue Commission, the Urban Design Committee and the Public Art Commission. How to disperse the Confederate statues that were removed last summer is a big picture project and studying the possibilities and repercussions before you act is crucial. What you decide has the potential to negatively affect another city or town for decades the same way the monuments oppressed Richmond. This is a deliberation that calls for leadership and integrity, not speed. It's entirely appropriate to appoint a panel of citizens, scholars, and artists to continue to study and make recommendations if you did not get appropriate um, requests as of yet. These monuments have hovered like a dark cloud over our city for over a century, and it took a terrible disruption and civic unrest to remove them. Why would we wish this on other communities? These statues taught generations of Richmonders that our society is unfair and even violent and told some of us that we aren't as important as others. If we intend to work toward a more equitable world, shouldn't we do our best to control these symbols that conflict with our goals? Yes, they can be used as teaching tools in the right situation, but finding that circumstance is a delicate process, and we need to be sure they are in the right hands. They could be used to teach about injustice, conflict, memory, and how carefully we need to consider our actions and who they benefit. 
Proposals like that of the Valentine Museum would explain what we, the city of Richmond, have learned the hard way about the message of the statues. Giving the statues back to the groups that erected them in the first place will probably not do us a lot of good. If in time we can't find the right situations, the statues could be destroyed rather than curse further generations with their historic message. The melted or broken bronze pieces could be gifted to artists for reinterpretation. These statues were created as propaganda and they can be treated as such. Please remember that another item on your agenda tonight proposes forbidding the city of Richmond to sell or display symbols of hate and oppression. Isn't that exactly what you'd be doing if you sold or gifted these under the wrong circumstances? Please take your time. The longer these statues are out of the public eye and the further they stay away from their monumental pedestals, the better. Don't curse other communities with the evils that a previous generation forced on us. Teach this generation about integrity. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Riggs. Madam Clerk, next speaker. The next speaker is Catherine Driggs. Hi, I would like to start off by acknowledging I am the daughter of Sarah Driggs, the person who just spoke, but I have my own feelings as well. Um, I'm going to start off with a quote from one of my favorite civil rights activists. History isn't something you look back at and say it was inevitable. It happened because people made decisions that are sometimes very impulsive and of the moment. But those moments are cumulative realities. Marsha P. Johnson. In 1890, the city of Richmond built the Fifth Street Viaduct, destroying large sections of Richmond's second African burial ground, Richmond's main African-American cemetery from 1816 to 1879, and the final resting place of 21,000 souls. In the words of Alderman John Mitchell Jr., bones scattered, coffins exposed, and the hearts of the surviving families made to bleed by the desecration of the remains of their loved ones. In 1941, during the height of Jim Crow, a different city councilor, John Hirschberg, pushed for the same bridge to be renamed the Stonewall Jackson Memorial Bridge. It was renamed a decade after the dedication of the Maury Monument. In 2000, the name of the bridge was changed again to the Curtis Holt Senior Bridge as part of an effort by the Virginia General Assembly to address racist names. I recount the history of the Fifth Street Viaduct to show how we have adjusted other aspects of our society and yet have been unable to handle this controversy. When we have been incapable of contextualizing this monument, these monuments, what makes us believe others will? Releasing these monuments to the wrong hands will only add to the shameful legacy of Monument Avenue. All I ask is that we continue to sit on the monuments and do nothing the way we have for decades, but this time for a different reason. Museums and education systems are making leaps and bounds around attitudes in our shared history from what used to take decades seems to now only take months. Soon museums will be ready to tell stories they know they aren't ready for yet. I hope we were able to take a step back and make a choice that is, that is not impulsive or of the moment so that in the future we can use them to tell our um, cumulative realities. Also, I'd like to note that there were city councilors in this story that were both on either side of the good end of history. And I'd like everyone to consider where they would like to fall on this scale. Thank you, Mr. Riggs. The next speaker is Bo Trawick. Hello, can you hear me? 
Yes. Yes. Hello. Yes, can you we hear can me? hear you. Yes. Thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for offering this uh, opportunity to speak. I'm H.V. Trawick of Richmond. The myth of American history claims that the righteous North went to war against the evil South to free the slaves, and that Confederate war memorials are monuments to treason, slavery, and white supremacy. This myth is the collective lie, collective lie agreed upon to make the long-dead Confederacy the scapegoat for all of our sins. But the scriptures say that only the truth will make us free. Consider the truth. To accuse the South of treason, you must first wipe your feet on the Declaration of Independence, signed by the 13 slave-holding colonies that seceded from the British Empire. As for white supremacy, Tocqueville showed it to be vitriolic throughout the North, where the first Jim Crow laws originated and where the worst black lynching in U.S. history took place during the New York draft riots in 1863. As for slavery... Remember that it was black Africans who captured and sold black Africans into slavery in the first place, and that northern wealth was founded on the African slave trade and the manufacture of slave-picked cotton. But with the South's cotton kingdom out of the Union, the North's mercantile kingdom would collapse. So Lincoln, a documented white supremacist, invaded the South to drive the cotton kingdom back into the Union, not to free the slaves. His Emancipation Proclamation plainly stated that slavery was just fine as long as one were loyal to his government. You may look it up. Virginia, the mother of states and of statesmen, stood solidly for the Union until Lincoln called for her troops to invade the Confederacy, whereupon she refused, indicted Lincoln for choosing to inaugurate civil war, and immediately seceded. More states followed her out. Lincoln's Gettysburg Address is pure political demagoguery, a lofty Orwellian excuse for his war of invasion, conquest, and coerced political allegiance at the point of a bayonet. But Confederate war memorials set up at the same time as Union war memorials, and just as war memorials are set up after all wars, speak truth to this power. So mobs of government-sanctioned vandals indoctrinated in the government-consecrated myth of American history, have torn them down to silence them. But you can't silence the truth. Thomas Carlyle said it takes men of worth to recognize worth in men. So let men of worth restore these men to Monument Avenue, and let he who is without sin pass the first stone. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Trawick. Madam Clerk, next speaker. The next speaker is Colleen Butler Rodriguez. Colleen Butler Rodriguez. And Madam President, I don't hear or see anyone. So that concludes the list of speakers for this public hearing. Thank you, Madam Clark. First, I'd like to thank everyone who joined us uh, this evening to share your comments regarding the monuments uh, and the possible disposition of them. Uh, it is greatly appreciated. Um, with that, 
Madam Clerk, uh, the public hearing is now closed. Bring it back to City Council for discussion. Members, are there any questions, comments, etc.? Seeing none, Madam Clerk, please call the question. Council is voting on resolution 2021-R025 as read. Mr. Addison? Aye. Ms. Jordan? Aye. Ms. Lambert? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. Ms. Lynch? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Jones? Aye. President Newbill? Aye. That paper has been adopted. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Let's move on to uh, the papers that are to be amended this evening. Yes, Madam President, the first motion is a motion to amend item one, ordinance number 2021-083 to authorize the special use of 109 North Plum Street for the purpose of no more than one dwelling unit within an accessory building to an existing single family dwelling. The amendment to that ordinance is as follows. Page four, line seven, after the word four, strike the text short term. Page four, line eight, at the beginning of the line, insert the text, however, rental of the accessory building to individuals having a familiar relationship to the owner by blood, marriage, legal guardianship, or adoption shall be permitted, followed by a period. Page four, line 10, at the beginning of the line, delete the text, G, the accessory building shall not be rented out to the general public and the following period. I will need a motion to accept the amendment as read and to continue this ordinance to the Monday, June 14th council meeting. Councilmember Lambert, will you make that motion? Yes. To amend ordinance number 2021-883 as follows, page four, line seven, after the word four, um, Madam, Madam, Madam Lambert, you don't need Madam. to read the motion. I, it, it, I've read it for the I'm record. I'm sorry. No worries. Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Lambert. Is there a second to that motion? Second. 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 Council is now voting on the motion to amend and continue item one, ordinance 2021-083 to the June 14th council meeting as stated. Mr. Addison? Aye. Ms. Jordan? Aye. Ms. Lambert? Ms. Larson? Aye. Ms. Lynch? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Jones? Aye. President Newville? Aye. That motion was approved and that ordinance will be before you on Monday, June 14th. The next motion is for item two, ordinance 2021-095 to amend city code by adding a new section concerning the prohibition or of the sale or distribution of symbols of hate by the city for the purpose of ensuring that the city does not promote the distribution or display of symbols of hate or oppression. The proposed amendment for that ordinance is as follows. Page one, line five. After the word or, strike the word distribution and insert the word display. 
page two, line three. After the section number two, insert the text that section 2-6 of the Code of the City of Richmond, as amended, shall not apply to the disposition of monuments removed pursuant to ordinance number 2020-154, adopted August 3rd, 2020. Page two, line six. At the beginning of the line, insert a section symbol and a section in the section number three. I will need a motion to accept the amendment as read and to continue this ordinance to the Monday, May 24th council meeting. Councilor Addison, will you make that motion? So moved. Second. Council is now voting on the motion to amend and continue. Yes, uh, Councilwoman Larson. Can I just say something briefly about this amendment? Yes. Okay, so um, because one of the speakers who just uh, spoke to the other paper we had about the disposition of the monument mentioned it, um, and this that exact issue was discussed in committee regarding this paper, which is the reason for the amendment. Okay. Thank you for that uh, clarification, Councilwoman Larson. Okay, thank you. Mr. Clark? Yes. Council is voting on the motion to amend and continue item 2, ordinance 2021-095 to the Monday, May 24th council meeting as stated. Mr. Addison? Aye. Ms. Jordan? Aye. Ms. Lambert? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. Ms. Lynch? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Jones? Aye. President Newbill? Aye. That motion was approved and that ordinance will be before you on Monday, May 24th as amended. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, let's move on to the budget uh, related papers. And if you would, uh, Madam Clerk, please read those papers for this evening. Yes, Madam President. The budget-related ordinances include item 15, ordinance 2021-040 through item 38, ordinance 2021-063. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, it is my uh, understanding that um, the council will need to amend a number of budget, uh, pending budget ordinances. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. But first, uh, do you, would you like to handle the paper, the budget paper for consideration this evening? And that would pertain to the school's budget? Yes, let's do that first. And then All we'll right. come back to the others. Okay. The budget paper for consideration this evening is item 18, ordinance 2021-043. And that's to appropriate and to provide funds for financing the FY 2022 school budget. That paper is before you. Thank you, Madam Clerk. And we held a public hearing relative to this item. That is correct. The public hearing for this item was held on Monday, April the 12th at 6 p.m. So no additional public hearing is required to be held this evening. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Members, any questions, comments, discussion relative to this paper? Councilwoman Lynch. Thank you, uh, Madam President. There's been a, um, a ongoing discussions um, that have been sparked by the resolution that the school board put in about three weeks ago regarding um, uh, construction of schools. There is that resolution included an amendment or, or um, a requirement rather for the hiring of three new positions, and it was suggested that there would be a total of 16 positions that may be needed 
um, uh, when all is said and done in order for the schools to move forward with um, for both procurement and construction management if they take over building school facilities. So my question was, um, you know, we do not have line item authority of this budget, but just trying to get a sense of where in um, their operating budget and in, in, in the categories are they going to uh, get that estimated, you know, we've seen three and a half million um, for, for that department. You know, where is, is does this budget contemplate um, those additional positions? Do they have or will they have to come back to us with a um, additional request? And then two, um, if that money, uh, if that funding um, is anywhere in the RPS um, the dreams for RPS strategic plan um, isn't that um, funding that has separate there's kind of a separate approval process for city council because those requirements have to be met in that plan um, before we are able to relinquish any funding to those uh, items. So it's a sure, two-part sure. question. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell, and I'll ask if um, there it can be some follow-up there, but. The actions that you are referencing came subsequent to the submittal of this budget, and we have nothing else from um, RPS at this point relative to um, what would be required to stand up a procurement unit. And uh, there, as I understand it, on Monday, there'll be further discussion. And so there may, in fact, be further um, presentation to this body. But at this point, we have that is not before us. But I would like to ask if we have anyone on to um, further uh, address um, that item and your um, your query. Any, Mr. Saunders, are you on board or someone from budget relative to Ms. Lynch's question? And then I have another question um, by another member. Um, Madam President, I'd be honest, I think I would have to defer whether if there's any representatives from um, Richmond Public Schools on to speak uh, to some of those specifics. Um, it's not my understanding, and um, Dr. Brown can, can provide further clarification, but it's, can we just first check whether there's anybody from RPS on? Okay. Did you say uh, Mr. Brown was on as well? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, Mr. Brown, any um, comment relative to Councilwoman Lynch's uh, query? Um, yes, as I understand your questions, Councilwoman Lynch, I do believe that's probably best addressed by Richmond Public Schools, but they have a total appropriation with this ordinance, um, and it's well over, I believe, um, 350 to $400 million, and so uh, that will be their total spending authority. Um, in the event that they may exceed that spending authority, then they would have to make a, a request of city council to appropriate additional funds. Thank you, uh, Mr. Brown. Um, again, at this point, that item is not before this body, um, but um, may very well be, and at which time we would be uh, decisioning. Is that correct, Mr. Brown? That is correct. Okay. Thank you. Lip Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. I want to 
I just have a comment to make. I remember when they were building the school, the brand new school, Broad Rock Elementary School, and I remember talking about that nobody was taking taking into consideration of the population, you know, that was increasing in the eighth and ninth district, but the Hispanic population. I was ignored, and not by Mayor Stoney, but by the previous mayor before him. And we know what happened. Those that school was built way too small, and now I mean. It's like we kind of like left the school board out as far as building or having any input. I think it was mostly with the um, mostly with um, the previous mayor. And um, but like I said, I know that I every time I would bring it up about you know the population, how much has it increased in the eighth and ninth district? I was ignored, and they built the school, and now we have trailers over there with the children in it where they can't even go to the cafeteria with the other children because it's not big enough. So I would think that, you know, maybe we, maybe there needs to be more discussion with the school board. Maybe, um, I think by us, by me getting, I should say burnt in my district, because um, my family still lives, or some of my family members still live on Jerry Drive, which is right across from the um, Broad Rock Elementary School. So I think that um, maybe, you know, maybe um, the school board, maybe they have, maybe they know something that we really don't know. And maybe they have all the paperwork from previous where, you know, they were kind of like some members were ignored as well as I was ignored when it came to um, the construction of that school. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. And Mr. Saunders, um, if you would also reference the JCT entity uh, as well in your commentary would appreciate that and then I have one uh, additional council member to come back to councilwoman Larson mr. Saunders and uh, yes uh, thank you madam president um, I would just say to speak to councilman Trammell's comments or concerns that was um, very much the reason behind the formation of the JCT so that the city with the building of the last three schools could support the procurement and the construction management but leave it up to schools to design um, uh, Henry Marsh, um, Cardinal Elementary, as well as River City Middle School to the specifications that work for Richmond Public Schools, both in in size to meet future population needs, et cetera. Um, So that was very important to us with the building of the last three schools. And I know it's part of our shared goal to build a new George with that can meet the capacity, not just of today, but of the future. Um, So I, I appreciate those comments. Thank you, Mr. Saunders. Councilwoman Larson. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Neville. Um, Just wanted to agree with Councilmember Trammell and um, some of the issues that have come up in the past. And I was on the school board just as uh, Broad Rock was opening, or I'm sorry, Oak Grove was opening. And um, it was it was a struggle the the whole four years I was on the school board to try and um, adjust the school life in a building that the school system didn't have much or any input into how it was built. I realize that this mayor has a a different approach now, um, but I still philosophically just believe that schools should be building schools and um, they should take the lead. We can be supportive. But um, in my time on the school board, anybody from the industry that I spoke to 
about school construction thought it was extremely unusual that the city was taking the lead on building schools and not the school system. And it kind of confused them, perplexed them. They really felt awkward about approaching it because they usually just deal with schools. So just wanted to offer that perspective as somebody who served on the school board for four years. Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Larson. And I'm going to ask that we will separate the item of building schools at this moment from the budget and approving the school's budget. And the item about building schools is still something I we clearly will have to uh, address, but I do want to separate those two items uh, in this moment. And all of what your comment has been, we certainly are hearing that throughout the community. Councilman Jones. Yes, ma'am, Madam President. I, I fully support schools building schools. I, 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 I support that. What I do uh, desire, though, is for the schools to get built as soon as possible. As council member who has two new schools built, uh, and when I tell you, when I go around the community and I talk to kids who usually aren't excited about going to school, um, they're, they're, they're excited to get back into school. They're waiting for their new schools to open. Um, and, and for me, if pushing it to the school board and them doing this pushes this out two to three years, I just fundamentally believe that is the wrong thing to do. There is a way that we can collaborate and transition everything over to them. I have, Madam President, members of my church that have worked at George with members of my church that attend George with now and knowing what I know about George with they, we deserve so much more on the South side and whatever gets that done fastest. I don't have time for politics right now. This is not a time for political posturing or, you know, or anything of the, uh, of the such let's get everyone at the table and let's build the right school now. I don't, I, and again, I, I am for schools building schools. I don't care. But right now, I want, you know, the, our children to not have to go to a school the way in the shape that George Whip is in. And I would hope my colleagues on the school board would have the same sentiment that if their children was going, were, were, were going there, that they, that I'm sorry, I guarantee you, if those that voted for this, if their children are going to that school, they they would they would view this thing a, a, a whole lot differently, because again our kids go there. I've been dealing with George with for over a decade, and it's time for change. And so, Madam President, I yes. don't know if there's anything that uh, uh, City Council can formally do to request that this school get built expeditiously and that we all come to the table. Because I heard a whole lot of posturing at, at the last economic or not economic, uh, but at Education. the last. Uh, Education compact, and, and, and it, it was it's just embarrassing. It's okay. embarrassing. We're the okay. adults. We need to get this school built. How whatever is the most expeditious way to get it done. And again, okay. I can't wait to throw pizza parties at the new River City Middle School. I, I've got a bunch of promises that I'm willing to. I am just ready to 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 cash in on those. And the students at George with Southside residents, they deserve a. a you know, 
they they, they deserve a, a building that they can be proud of, a building that is safe, clean, and those things factor into uh, academic success as much as anything else. And so they deserve it. We deserve it. And Madam President, I think we should exhaust everything we can as a city council to ensure that George Wythe is built right now. Thank you, Mr. Jones. And I, I, I think you would find many of us who would be in agreement with that. I do want to, however, separate what's before us at this moment, and that is the RPS budget, which does not include the item we've been referencing. However, there's nothing that precludes us because, as again, I understand it on Monday, the board will take this matter up again, and we will have opportunity uh, as there would have to be a request back to this body. So, uh, Ms. Lynch, uh, any additional question at this point or comment? Um, yes, Madam President, and, and I think it, it, it speaks to, um, you know, a larger issue as well, because yes, I mean, yes. I'd be remiss not to mention the fact that we're still in an MOU, we're still, you know, uh, grappling with dealing the year and a half of, of learning loss. We're now the only locality in the Commonwealth that has not returned um, to school in person. Um, you know, we as a city, not as a school board, not as a city council, not as a, a mayor's office, we as a city have a challenge to rise to together um, in focusing in on our children and the 44 schools that house them and the teachers that educate them. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, I think for the last couple of weeks, instead of focusing on um, those really, really critical items, um, a lot of our, our bandwidth has been spent having conversations about uh, very nuanced debate about procurement and um, who should be actually managing contracts, et cetera. Um, and it's not allowed us to take the time to really dive into this budget and see where we are um, with our RPS strategic plan and maybe do the due diligence that we've needed um, to do to ensure that we're hitting those benchmarks. Um, so I just I, I, I don't think I don't I'm not disagreeing with you that these items aren't separate. Um, but they are certainly not unrelated, and the focus, I, I would just implore us for the focus to be on our kids and, um, and, and achieving the benchmarks that we set as a city council. We are holding the school board and the RPS system accountable to um, through the, the, the strategic plan. We entrusted a lot, we, we entrust, um, as you can see in the vote tonight, hundreds of millions of dollars um, for them to, to support them in getting that done. Um, and um, I would just hope that we could continue to get our focus back on that as well. Thank you, um, Councilwoman Lynch. We are, I certainly, um, our kids are a priority, all 24,000 of them, and ensuring that they have state-of-the-art facilities as well as extraordinary academic components, I, I think is important for us all in a timely manner is important for us all. And so I absolutely concur. I uh, do, uh, and as Mr. Brown has indicated, expect that if and when a uh, amendment would come back, that'll come to this body to deliberate. But uh, as uh, of this moment, what we have before us is the RPS budget. And uh, as presented without 
that in item included. And so I do expect we will have much more discussion about building of schools. Um, but in this moment, I'd like to move forward with um, addressing the budget for schools before us as presented. And I'd like to uh, move for um, a vote, Madam Clerk. Council is voting on item 18, ordinance 2021-043 as read. Mr. Addison? Aye. Ms. Jordan? Aye. Ms. Lambert? Aye. Ms. Larson? Aye. Ms. Lynch? Aye. Ms. Trammell? Aye. Mr. Jones? Aye. And President Newbill? Aye. That paper has been adopted. Thank you, but I do want to not lose the points that have been raised by members about the construction of schools and the importance of having them constructed in a timely manner. And uh, the knowledge again, that, that uh, any proposal thereof will come back to this body. And Mr. Brown, I'll ask again, that if such change um, does come forward, this body would have opportunity, this will come before us for deliberation and decisioning. I'm just referencing and reconfirming your comment. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Um, Councilwoman Lambert. Yes, um, I just want to take a moment to thank um, Mr. Brown for his service for the city of Richmond. Um, I can recall when Mr. Brown started, I was also a liaison. So I can remember when, um, but I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you and best of luck on your um, new um, endeavor. Thank you. Thank you, um, Councilwoman Lambert. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I can remember when Mr. Brown was, uh, were you an intern, Mr. Brown, at that time? That's correct. Okay, That's way correct. back when. And so, uh, Ms. Lambert, thank you for, I think, Probably most have sent some notes, but this public um, acknowledgement, I want to say to Mr. Brown, thank you for work extraordinarily well done, and we certainly wish you well in the new position. Um, there are a couple of other members who want to comment, and then we'll come back to you, Mr. Brown, if that's okay. Thank Councilwoman you. Councilwoman Trammell. Thank you, Madam President. Jay, I want to thank you for always, for the past, oh my goodness, all these years, you've always had your you know, always been there for me. You've always said, call me anytime. I don't care what time it is, Reva. Anytime you want to come meet with me, you can. And I really, really appreciate that. I mean, done, you've done a great job, an outstanding job. And like I said, I'm, I'm so grateful for you. And Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. You. <laughs> Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Um, Councilman Addison. Since we're going through the Jay Brown accolades, <laughs> I might as well chime in. Um, I know it's a little out of order, but just wanted to, you know, I came in to City Hall in 2008, in May 2008, um, and knew that the position that I was in was a management analyst, too. And I think Mr. Brown was one of the first ones in that position. Um, and so I thank you for trailblazing the path for me to be able to get hired at City Hall um, to create me to the place where I am today. Um, I worked with you for many, many years uh, in City Hall and know that uh, your passion for um, your job with budget is something that while we only as a city might recognize it for the time we do the budget, uh, you're hard at work year round. And I've enjoyed those times working with you on both sides uh, of this office and know that, that um, 
you're going to do great work uh, where you're going next in your next chapter. Um, I just want to say thank you for your support and assistance in helping create uh, the Economic Vitality Advisory Committee um, a couple years ago. Uh, with, and I know that your support and commitment to helping address those concerns, you've been a valuable part of those conversations and will be someone hard to replace. Um, so I just know that uh, you'll be missed and uh, look forward to uh, touching base with you at some point again in the future. Thank you, Councilman Addison. Councilwoman Larson and then Councilman Jones. Uh, thank you, Dr. Newell. Yes, Dr. Brown, just wanted to thank you um, for your service to the city of Richmond and for um, working collaboratively with city council and our staff and um, best of luck in the future. Councilman Jones. Yes, ma'am, Madam President. Uh, Ms. Brown, uh, wish you the best, man. W wish you the best. Uh, Hanover is, um, they're, 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 they're plus one today. They're, they are definitely plus one. And so you're going to be sorely missed. Appreciate um, all your patience with the new council person <laughs> and break me in <laughs> as stubborn as, as I can be. So I appreciate your patience. Uh, uh, and your willingness to uh, assist in the process in ensuring that, you know, I found success in uh, in my endeavors. And so, yeah, next time I see your name is Marcus, you know, you're buying. OK, I just want you to know that. <laughs> Thank you, Councilman Jones. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Mr. Brown. Uh, thank you, Madam President, and um, um, it's it's it. This is a bittersweet moment for me. Um, this is my hometown, and I've spent many years um, in Richmond, not just in City Hall, but uh, out within the community. And uh, I just want to thank all members of City Council, um, the mayor, and staff. Um, it has truly been a pleasure to to serve all of you. Um, I'm still going to be in the area. In fact, I, I still will be working for the next several weeks. Um, the job doesn't end, um, but I do feel that um, I'm leaving the department in some really good hands. And um, I just, again, want to thank each and every one of you. I've learned a tremendous amount being here really consecutively for the past nearly 11 years. And again, it's just been my absolute pleasure to serve all of you. It's been a wonderful experience and you all um, all do some amazing work on behalf of the citizens so if you don't hear it from your constituents i will say i'm very proud of all of you and all that you are doing for the citizens of this wonderful city so thank you thank you mr brown and we certainly wish you well uh mr saunders did you have yes. i see something that i couldn't tell if you were sure yes thank you doctor Dr. Nebuk, um, just on behalf of all of Jay's colleagues uh, at City Hall, we just wanted to chime in with our own thanks and appreciation for all of his support. He's been a, a reliable resource for every city department, every director, every GCAO uh, and, and team member. So um, we're sorely going to miss Jay. He is definitely a, a rock of the organization, um, but are happy for his new opportunity. And no, he's not going far. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Again, thank you, Mr. Brown. Thank you. Uh, we thank greatly you. appreciate your service and your leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Clerk, I understand that we uh, now need to uh, go on and amend a number of pending budget ordinances. That is correct. And there are four, and I will endeavor to read them all in a block if that's okay. Yes, Madam Clerk. 
All right. And the first budget ordinance to be amended is item 15, ordinance 2021-040 to adopt the FY2022 general fund budget and its proposed amendment reads as follows. Page one, line 11, after the word sum of, strike the dollar amount $770,270,893 and insert the dollar amount $772,831,559. Page one, line 17, after the semicolon following the word thereof, strike the word and. Page two, line two, after the closing quotation marks, following the semicolon after the word programs, add the word and. Page two, line three, at the beginning of the line, add the paragraph, whereas the city council's amendments to the mayor's recommended budget are as set out in the attachments to this ordinance entitled FY 2022 adopted general fund budget adopted general fund budget FY 22 FY 22 adopted non-departmental appropriations ordinance number 2021-040 general fund budget text amendments and council FY 2022 district funds page 2 line 11 at the beginning of the line strike the dollar amount $770,270,893 and insert the dollar amount $772,831,559 page 2 line 12 after the word entitled strike the text mayor's proposed annual fiscal plan for FY 2022 including and insert the text FY 2022 general fund budget including page 2 line 14 after the word entitled strike the text FY 2022 non-departmental budget programs and insert the text FY 2022 Adopted non-departmental appropriations supplemented by the attachments entitled Adopted General Fund Budget FY 2022 Ordinance Number 2021-040 General Fund Budget Text Amendments and Council FY 2022 District Funds followed by a comma, page 2, line 15 after the closing quotation marks following the comma after the word programs. Insert the text as those attachments are amended or supplemented by the attachments to this ordinance entitled Richmond City Council FY 2020 General Fund Budget Amendments, Ordinance Number 2019-041 General Fund Budget, Text Amendments, and Council FY 2022 District Funds. Page 2, line 19, after the word sum of, strike the dollar amount $770,270,893 and insert the dollar amount $772,831,559. $559. Page 3, line 5, after the article does strike the word attachment, insert the word attachments. Page 3, line 6, after the word entitled, strike the text mayor's proposed annual fiscal plan for FY 2022 and insert the text FY 2022 adopted general fund budget and FY 22 adopted non-departmental appropriations as supplemented by the attachments to this ordinance entitled adopted general fund budget FY 22 ordinance number 2021-040 general fund budget text amendments and council FY 2022 district funds. Next is for item 16 ordinance 2021-041 to adopt the FY22 special fund budgets and its proposed amendment reads as follows page 1 line 13 following the comma after the words attachment a insert the text as amended may 10 2021 followed by a comma page 1 line 15 after the word sum of strike the dollar amount 118,260,561 dollars and insert the dollar amount 118,508,807 Next is for item 20, Ordinance 2021-045, and that's to adopt the FY22 Internal Service Fund budgets, and its proposed amendment reads as follows. Page 1, line 13, following the comma after the words attachment A, insert the text as amended. May 10, 2021, followed by a comma, page 1, line 15, after the word sum of, strike the dollar amount $68,410,308 and insert the dollar amount $68,131,364. And last is for item 
29 Ordinance 2021-054 to amend the pay plan for the purpose of revising certain classification titles and changing the pay ranges of certain classification titles to amend the pay plan by adding, adding therein a new subsection C for the purpose of implementing the recommendations of a study completed in 2018 and to amend sections 3B11 providing for salary supplements for the Office of the Commonwealth's Attorney 3B12 providing for sub salary supplements for the office of the sheriff, 3B25E suspending the education incentive for sworn fire and police employees, 3B36 to increase the hourly living wage for city employees from $12.07 to $13, and 3B40 to provide for the full implementation of the step-based pay plan for sworn fire and police employees of the pay plan. And its proposed amendment reads as follows. Page one, line five, after the word title, strike the word and and insert a comma. Page one, line six, after the word titles, insert a comma followed by the text and providing for a 3.25% adjustment of general pay ranges. Page one, line eight, at the beginning of the line, insert the text providing for a 3.25% increase for eligible employees. And page two, line two, after the comma following the word that, insert a Romanet one. Page two, line nine, after the article the, strike the word nine page and insert the word one page. Page two, line 10, after the word ordinance, insert a comma followed by the text and two, effective beginning with the pay period commencing on October 9, 2021, the nine-page nine page schedule entitled classifications and assigned ranges and dated January 5, 2019, as previously amended by ordinance number 2019-292, adopted November 12, 2019, ordinance number 2020-102, adopted May 11, 2020, and the schedules described in clause one of this section one incorporated into the pay plan by section one of the pay plan is hereby repealed and replaced in its entirety by the 10-page schedule entitled Classifications and Assigned Ranges October 9, 2021, include a copy of which schedule is attached to and incorporated into this ordinance. Page 3, line 6, after the word funding, strike the comma, the text distributed among city agencies, and the following comma, and insert the text in the non-departmental budget for the fiscal year commencing July 1, 2021, and ending June 30, 2022, followed by a comma. Page 3, line 19, after the preposition on, strike the month June and insert the month September. After the year 2020, insert a comma, followed by the text, unless the employee's salary is below the minimum of the employee's new pay range. Page four, line one, after the year 2021, insert a comma followed by the text except as provided in section 2C2B. Page four, line 14, at the beginning of the line, add the subdivision letter E, followed by the text, employees with a performance issue, performance improvement plan, or disciplinary action, each documented according to the applicable city laws, regulations, and rules occurring on or on or after October 8, 2020. Page 5, line 2, after the month October, strike the number 9 and insert the number 8. Page 5, line 4, after the sub subdivision letter B, strike the sentence, the Director of Budget and Strategic Planning shall cause the funding provided in the annual budget to achieve the purposes of the Section 2C to be identified by a unique service code within the records of each agency's budget and insert the text, each employee who is eligible under Section 2C1 shall receive a pay increase equal to 3.25% of the employee's salary as of October 8, 2021, unless the amount of such increase would exceed the maximum of the employee's pay range. If the amount of such increase exceeds the maximum of the employee's pay range, the employee's salary will be equal to the greater of the maximum of the employee's pay range or the employee's salary as of October 8, 2021. Page 5, line 18, after the subdivision letter C, strike the text prior to the date on which pay increases become effective pursuant to this section to see the Director of Human Resources shall cause, one, the preparation of an analysis of each employee 
eligible for a pay increase pursuant to Section 2C1 based on uniform standards approved by the Director of Human Resources and designed to identify the appropriate pay for each employee within that employee's pay range or pay band based on that employee's experience and tenure with the city, and two, the distribution of this analysis to each appointing authority for review based on each employee's individual characteristics and insert the text if the employee's salary remains lower then the midpoint of the employee's pay range after the application of Section 2C to B, the employee will receive an additional salary increase based on the employee's years of service as determined by the Director of Human Resources and the employee's appointing authority in accordance with Section 2C2. Using records available to the Director of Human Resources, the Director of Human Resources shall analyze and calculate each employee's years of service based on, one, the employee's years of service in the employee's job classification as of October 9, 2021, two, the employee's years of service in a higher job classification in the job classification series to which the employee's job classification as of October 9, 2021 belongs as determined by the Director of Human Resources using the city's job class codes, and three, the employee's years of service in a classification equivalent to the employee's job classification as of October 9, 2021, as determined by the Director of Human Resources using the city's job class codes. In developing the analysis for each employee, the Director of Human Resources shall include both city service and service that is not city service, provided that the Director of Human Resources shall include service that is not city service only for employees hired before April 1, 2021. The Director of Human Resources shall provide each employee's analysis to that employee's appointing authority for review based on each employee's individual experience, performance, and qualifications. Page 8, line 7, after the word qualifications, insert the text and provide the appointing authorities, concurrence, or any changes to the, to the Director of Human Resources. Page 8, line 10, at the beginning of the line, strike the text that result in a pay increase greater than that recommended and insert the text to the calculation of years of service. Page 8, line 14, after the period following the word resources, strike the sentence, the total of each agency's or program's pay increases shall be less than or equal to the agency's or program's amount of funding identified by the Director of Budget and Strategic Planning pursuant to Section 2C2B and insert the text of the determination of the Director of Human Resources as to whether years of service qualify under this Section 2C2C shall be final and not subject to further appeal. Once the Director of Human Resources has reviewed any changes by the employee's appointing authority and finally determine an employee's years of service, in accordance with Section 2C2C, the Director of Human Services shall apply one 2.5% salary adjustment for each of the employee's complete years of service to the minimum of the employee's pay range, apply a salary increase equal to the difference between the employee's salary immediately immediately following the salary increase for which Section 2C2B provides and the midpoint of the employee's pay range and implement that salary increase, if any, effective beginning with the pay period commencing on October 9. 2021. Page 9, line 14, at the beginning of the line, insert the subdivision letter E, followed by the text, no employee's salary shall be decreased as a result of any application of the Section 2C. If the appropriation for the salary increases for which Section 2C, 2C, and D provide made in the non-departmental budget for the fiscal year commencing July 1, 2021, and ending June 30, 2022, is not sufficient to fund all of the salary increases for which Section 2C2C and D provide, the Director of Human Resources shall prorate the salary increases of all employees who would receive a salary increase pursuant to Section 2C2C and D so that those salary increases do not exceed the available appropriation. For purposes of this Section 2C, the term pay range has the meaning set forth in Section 2A8, except that for each classification assigned a broadband established pursuant to Section 3B38, within which the Chief Administrative Officer has established pay zones pursuant to Section 3B38A, the term pay range means the pay zone within that broadband to which the employee is assigned. Page 12, line 13, 
at the beginning of the line, strike the date March 5th and insert the date May 10th. And Madam President, I need a break. <laughs> um, okay, I Madam will, Clerk. I just need a drink it, of water, sorry. Okay, do you, all right, if you would like to do that, unless you'd like another one of your members to pick up where you left off. No, I got it, I took a sip of water, I'm fine. Um, okay. Thank you. I will now need a motion to accept all proposed amendments as read. Council Member Addison, will you make that motion? So moved. Second. <laughs> I'll second. second. Thank you. Council is <laughs> voting on the motion to amend item 15, ordinance 2021-040, item 16, ordinance 2021-041, item 20, ordinance 2021-045, <laughs> And item 29, ordinance 2021-054 as read. Mr. Addison. Aye. Ms. Jordan. Aye. Ms. Lambert. Aye. Ms. Larson. Aye. Ms. Lynch. Aye. Ms. Trammell. Aye. Mr. Jones. Aye. And President Newbill. Aye. That motion has been approved. And I will now need a motion to continue all amended and remaining budget related ordinances to the Monday, May 24th council meeting, with the exception of item 18, ordinance 2021 043, which was previously adopted earlier this evening. Council Member Lynch, will you make that motion? So moved. Second. Council Thank, Thank you. you. Second. Thanks. Council is voting on the motion to continue all budget ordinances except item 18, ordinance 2021-043, which was adopted earlier this evening to the Monday, May 24th council meeting. Mr. Addison. Aye. Ms. Jordan. Aye. Ms. Lambert. Aye. Ms. Larson. Aye. Ms. Lynch. Aye. Ms. Trammell. Aye. Mr. Jones. Aye. And President Newbill. Aye. That motion has been approved. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, let's move on to the approval of the minutes. The minutes to be approved are from the Monday, April 26, 2021, informal and formal meeting of council at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. If there are no corrections and or amendments, then the, then the minutes will be approved as presented. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I, Those I, minutes have been approved. I was about to say, seeing no amendments or corrections, yes. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Um, Madam Clerk uh, and or Mr. Clerk, if we would go on and read the introductory papers for this evening. Uh, Madam President, the introduction papers for this evening are as follows. The following legislation will be considered for recommendation at the May 17th Planning Commission meeting at 1.30 p.m. An ordinance to amend the proposed capital improvement projects for FY 2021 by establishing a new Department of Social Services, DSS, Marshall, Marshall Plaza project and transferring $3.6 million to forward renovating the building at 900 East Marshall Street for the use by the Department of Social Services. The following legislation will be considered for recommendation at the May 20th Finance and Economic Development Standing Committee meeting at 1 p.m. An ordinance to authorize the CAO to execute an amendment to their agreement for the downtown Richmond Special Service and Assessment Districts between the City and Venture Richmond, Inc. for extending the term 
to June 30 of 2026. A resolution to express the council's intent to appropriate 7.1 million for, from funds received pursuant to the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 to the Affordable Housing Trust Fund for FY 2022. The following legislation will be considered at the Monday, May 24th council meeting at 6 p.m. An ordinance to authorize the CAO to enter into a memorandum of understanding for providing funds to supplement the salaries for employees in the Public Defender's Office of the City of Richmond. An ordinance to authorize the, the CAO to accept $100,000 from the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation and to appropriate to the Department of Parks, Recreation, and Community Facilities special fund for the planning, engineering, and construction of trail access improvements in Pump House Park to comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act. An ordinance to authorize the CAO to accept $1 million from the Virginia Department of Historic Resources and to appropriate to the new Department of Economic Development Special Fund for the Maymont Below Stairs Historic Preservation Project. An ordinance to authorize the CAO to accept $1 million from the Virginia Department of Historic Resources and to appropriate to the new Department of Economic Development Special Fund for the Virginia Union University Center for African American Historic and Cultural Project. An ordinance to authorize the CAO to accept $500,000 from the Virginia Department of Historic Resources and to appropriate to the new Department of Economic Development Special Fund for the Valentine Museum JXN project celebrating the 150th anniversary of Jackson Ward. The following legislation would be considered for recommendation at the May 26th Governmental Operations Standing Committee meeting at 6 p.m. An ordinance to repeal and to amend City Code Section 2-3 for abandoning the formal city logo and establishing a new city logo. The following legislation would be considered for recommendation at the June 7th Planning Commission meeting at 1.30 p.m. An ordinance to amend the special use of two 205 and 207 North Shields Avenue for allowing outdoor dining. An ordinance to amend the special use of 407 Brook Road to allow a brewery. An ordinance to authorize the special use of 212 East Clay Street for a mixed-use building. An ordinance to authorize the special use of 501 Oliver here for warehouse, brewery, and food and beverage manufacturing uses. An ordinance to authorize the special use of 1705, 1705 and a half, 1705, and 1707 Chamberlain Avenue, Chamberlain Parkway, 1716 and an ordinance to authorize the special use of 3511 P Street for a community center. An ordinance to authorize the special, special use of 3700 Monument Avenue and 1301 A North Hamilton Street for a multifamily dwelling containing up to 263 units. Madam President, those are all the introduction papers for this evening. Thank you, Madam Clerk. With that, uh, members will move on to reports and announcements, and I'll change the order for next time, but I'll go in alphabetical order again this evening. Mr. Addison. Councilman Addison. Thank you, Dr. Newbill. One of the blessings and curses of having a name that is both beginning with the same letter of the alphabet that is first, I've been called first my entire life, so um, used to that. Thank you, Dr. Newbill. Um, 
Everybody, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, if you have not noticed, it is paving season in, all across the city, but most importantly, probably outside your doors in the first district. Uh, through the next three weeks, you'll be seeing a lot of paving going on throughout the museum district. So be on the lookout for the signs. Um, of course, rain and other weather events might change some of the scheduling of it. Uh, but make sure you keep uh, keep an eye out for the signs uh, being done for the parking um, requirements for them to do the well-needed paving. It's overdue across the city and in the first district. Rest assured, there are north and south streets that are going to be included in the paving plan. I shared that earlier in the newsletter. I've had several people request it, so I'll be sharing that again in my newsletter uh, later this week. <clears throat> uh, in case you haven't noticed, participatory budgeting is coming to Richmond. Um, but first, we're looking for your input on how to design this community-driven process. So apply to serve on the PB Steering Commission and help us build the program to democratize a portion of our budget to learn more about PB, go to participatorybudgeting.org. And also, if you're interested to apply to serve on the Richmond Steering Commission for PB, uh, check out the Office of the Cl uh, City Clerk's Boards and Commissions page at rva.gov. Um, as you know, we're still in the pandemic, even though people have seen some restrictions being loosened and some uh, future outcomes will be changing, uh, not being able to wear a mask in, uh, in public outdoors in large settings. Uh, but want to make sure we still understand that even if you have the vaccine, you can still actually contract um, the COVID-19. You can still actually get sick. It's going to be lessened in terms of its impact on you. Um, but I've been hearing accounts of people getting vaccinated, going through the, the two-week process of afterwards being vaccinated and then getting the virus itself later on. Um, so just stay diligent, wash your hands, keep your social distanced um, aspects. Always make sure you, you're aware of everything you touch. Um, and things that you're bringing into your proximity. Um, and of course, if you feel any symptoms, definitely get yourself checked out, go to testing, but most importantly, stay home. Keep yourself, keep yourself safe, but more importantly, keep those around you um, safe as well. And as we go through this process, make sure you get vaccinated. If you have not done so already, uh, go to the first health district's vaccination page, and you can sign up at VAMS uh, at vaccinate.virginia.gov. Um, I think that's what it is, yes. Uh, but we have a lot of walk-up sessions now. We can get testing. You can get vaccines. But make sure you sign up ahead of time. We have a first district uh, town hall meeting scheduled for Thursday, May 27th. It will be virtual. Um, so look, be on the lookout for a Facebook event page and the newsletter to share some information around how to get involved and share your insights for that. We'll have some updates on services, springs, um, uh, events as well. Is looking forward to the summer preparation as we move forward for that. As always, feel free to reach out to us at the office, 804-646-5935. Uh, you can always email me at andreas.addison at richmondgov.com. And please include First District Liaison Daniel Wagner at daniel.wagner at richmondgov.com. Check out our website, firstdistrictrva.com, and on Facebook as well. Look forward to seeing you all later this month. Thank you. Thank you, Councilman Addison. Councilman Jones. Yes, ma'am, Madam President, thank you. Uh, just want to say this. I, I hope uh, everyone had a wonderful Mother's Day, um, and we just celebrate all families, uh, regardless of their makeup. And so we just hope everyone had a great uh, day to share and to celebrate. Um, sad to announce that a Ninth District resident, uh, Mabel Fountain, passed away on Thursday, May the 6th. She was born in South Carolina and moved uh, to Richmond Southside in 1950. Uh, Mabel was uh, dedicated to her community, uh, and Miss Fountain was an 
avid volunteer for various Democratic campaigns. Guarantee if you drove uh, through Warwick to Carnation, you would see uh, signs out front. Uh, and I remember knocking on her door several times. Uh, and she had been in touch with uh, Summer. And so she will be missed. She would have turned 96 uh, later this month on May 28th. And so uh, just simply say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We will send out uh, an announcement on our email list uh, once we found out, find out about uh, the arrangements. But again, uh, a life well lived in serving others. Our next ninth District Town Hall will be on May 20th at 6 p.m. on Zoom. Uh, please email my liaison, Summer Morris, at summer Morris, or at summer.morris at richmondgov.com or call us at 804-646-2779 for information on how to participate as well. I want to take this opportunity to congratulate uh, uh, Summer. She just completed her capstone project. Uh, and finished all the requirements for, for her Master's of Public Administration. And so she had uh, the challenge of balancing Mike Jones and her college professors. And so, uh, again, I just want to publicly thank her for everything that she's done, uh, her tireless work and effort, and look forward to uh, what she does with her career moving forward. So truly excited about that. That's all I have tonight, Madam President. Thank you. Thank you, Councilman Jones. Um, Councilwoman Jordan. Thank you so much. Um, our next district meeting will be Wednesday, May 19th at 6.30 p.m. We're still, still virtual, um, so look for a Zoom link. We are, sorry, let me start over. Okay, our main presenter at our district meeting will be the Director of Parks and Recreation, and uh, we'll have other guests as well. So we'd love to see second district folks out of that. A uh, couple of community resources to mention since I'm at the top of the ticket here and they haven't been spoken about yet. The Small Business Administration has opened up applications for the Restaurant Revitalization Fund, which provides emergency financial assistance to restaurants, bars, and other qualifying small businesses. If you think you might be eligible or know someone who is, you can find out more and apply at restaurants, period, sba.gov utility relief the city of richmond department of public utilities will soon be accepting new application for customer applications for customers who have fallen behind on their water wastewater and gas utility bills as a result of economic hardship due to covid 19. the new application period will begin june 1st and is expected to extend until july 31st or until funds are exhausted a couple of community events Gittner Parks, seen from the street, Garden Stroll is this coming up Saturday, May 15th, 10 a.m. to 5. Tickets are 10 bucks. Um, kids under 18 are free. Go to gittnerpark.org for more info. Uh, a little bit later on in the month, the Fan Art Stroll will be May 20th and the 21st from 4 to 8. And it'll be along Hanover Grove, Loxham Meadow, and Robinson. More info at fandistrict.org. Um, and this is a real fun one. The squirrel season is up and running, and they are in a five-game winning streak. So um, get out to the ballpark. It's a great – I had a blast with my daughter. So let's go support the squirrels. They've been supporting our community, and I think we talked at the last meeting. 
uh, if folks don't know it, they are hosting RPS's senior graduation. So um, we're really grateful to have community partners making sure that our seniors are able to celebrate in person with their families. Um, I also want to share my contact info, of course, 804-646-6532. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Katherine J R V A. Email addresses, Katherine period Jordan at richmondgov.com. Our second district liaison is Sven Philipson, S-V-E-N period Philipson, P-H-I-L-I-P-F-E-N at richmondgov.com. And then I want to close just um, again, for those who weren't at the beginning of the meeting, we lost a real icon in the second district and in the city. Um, Adele Johnson passed away and her family is asking um, in lieu of flowers or other um, outreach to please make a contribution to the Black History Museum. You can do that directly at blackhistorymuseum.org. Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Jordan. Councilwoman Lambert. Thank you, Madam President. Um, the third district civic association meetings that are coming up. Um, and I apologize. My camera is not working tonight. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, but the Battery Park Civic Association meeting will meet Tuesday, May 11th, tomorrow at 6 p.m. It's a virtual meeting. Please email association at gmail.com for more information. Bellevue Civic Association will meet Tuesday, May 18th at 6 p.m. That meeting information, please email Chuck Epps at chuck.epes at gmail.com. The Ginner Park Terrace Neighborhood Association will meet Tuesday, May 18th at 6 p.m. They will have an in-person meeting at the Firehouse located at 2932 Hawthorne Avenue. Social distancing will be practiced, and please wear your mask. I will be stopping by this meeting, so please come out. I would love to meet all of my neighbors in that um, area. For more information, please email Kathy Grace at kathygrace2010 at gmail.com. And the Ginner Parks Residents Association is having their monthly meeting at Tuesday, May 18th at 6.30 p.m. But that'll be a virtual meeting. You can email Prudence Justice at prudencejustice, J-U-S-T-I-S, at gmail.com. Virginia Union University is going to have a community vaccine event that will be um, hosted this Friday, May 14th, and on Friday, May 21st from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Currently, Richmond and Henrico residents can schedule a COVID-19 vaccine appointment for Richmond and Henrico Health District's events without pre-registering. All residents who are interested in receiving the COVID-19 vaccine, no matter what vaccine phase they're in, now have two simple solutions to schedule an appointment. Vax.rchd.com to directly schedule, or you can call 804-205-3501. The Maggie Walker Community Land Trust will be working with the cohort of interested home buyers to become mortgage ready. Any applicants interested in building their credit, saving for a down payment, and otherwise getting prepared for home ownership should contact Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, at mwclt.org to join this free set of workshops. It's with partners Commonwealth Catholic Charities, VSU Federal Credit Union, and Concerned Citizens of Ettrick, and the support of peers will help you move towards home ownership.
The personal property tax deadline is due on June 5th, 2021. Please mark your calendars because property owners are responsible for paying their personal property taxes by the deadline, whether they receive notice from the city or not. We have had issues with residents in the past saying they did not receive their property tax notices from the city last year. So I want to be clear that according to the law, it is the responsibility of the taxpayer to pay by June 5th. Otherwise, payment arrangements can be made. Um, there's also a crime alert that I want to put on my third district residents on notice. Catalytic converter thefts are happening. We're experiencing a high volume of catalytic converter thefts. Would-be thieves are accompanying this by going under vehicles to remove these items while owners are seemingly unaware. All four precincts have taken reports recently for this. If you see anyone climbing under a vehicle, call 911 and officers will investigate. Vehicles in industrial areas or business vehicles parked for an extended period of time have been targeted. So as well as vehicles that sit higher off the ground since it's easier to get underneath. Detectives have also responded recently to thefts involving hybrids and Toyota Prius vehicles. So please park in well-lit areas and keep a watch for suspicious persons or activity in your neighborhood. If you see something suspicious, call 911. And also, as a reminder, do not leave your vehicles unlocked, people. In the past month, there have been three thefts of motor vehicles in Sector 411 and two because cars are unlocked. Okay, so common sense, let's all work together. Um, and lastly, the Honor Loan Entrepreneurship Program. Dr. Michael Time of the Honor Loan Program is launching a one-hour workshop for aspiring entrepreneurs. It's an introduction for adults who want to start their own business. The event will take place Wednesday, May 12th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. at 3710 R Street. So for more information, please email info at honorloan.org. And last but not least, it's a cryptocurrency event at the Calhoun Center outside 43, um, 436 Calhoun Street. Hillhopper and Naja Roberts are co-founders of Black Wall Street. That event is May 11th um, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Thank you so much, Madam President. Thank you, Councilwoman Lambert. Councilwoman Larson. Thank you, Dr. Newbell. Um, and just a few announcements tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, Westover Hills Neighborhood Association will meet virtually at 6 p.m. Uh, the details have been circulated through the neighborhood listserv, and my office also has the link if you need it. Um, Forest Hill Neighborhood Association is meeting on May 18th at 7 p.m., and they usually post their details um, on their listserv as well as on their Facebook page. Uh, we are having a 4th District virtual meeting uh, on May 20th at 6 o'clock, and those details will be circulated this week. And my colleague from the 2nd mentioned going to a Squirrels game. I have not been to a Squirrels game yet, but I did go to a Kickers game. And if you haven't seen our local soccer team, please go. It's so much fun. It's a great place to take your kids. Um, we went, I think it was their first home game of the season. 
and it, it was raining. We stayed the whole time. Um, unfortunately, they didn't win, but they played really well, and the spirit's there, and the fans are really dedicated. So uh, I'm super excited about starting to see these events. Um, everybody was wearing masks and social distancing. It was super safe. So please continue to do that. Um, the vaccination information is all out there, but you can always call my office if you need anything. Uh, my cell phone is 804-503-1313, and my email is kristen.larson at richmondgov.com. Thank you. Thank you, Councilwoman Larson. Councilwoman Lynch. Thank you, Madam President. Um, uh, just a couple of quick comments and um, info on meetings, but before uh, we get into that, I have to acknowledge again, um, we held our funeral um, for Shai Shai and Nana Hill this weekend who lost their lives tragically and horrifically um, at an incident in Belt Atlantic, formerly Midlothian Village uh, in the 5th District. Um, I want to thank all of the community members who have come around that community um, and the family and the residents and um, on all of you council members who have offered their support and um, and their hearts to to our community we are truly hurting um, but we have come together and um, are really helping uh, reunite and bring a, a better sense of safety and improve connection to one another um, in that community so um, a lot of a lot of it was a dark dark uh, been a dark week and a half two weeks um, but there's been some light and uh, I appreciate all of you um, for all the work that you do to keep our community safe and um, and and connect and communicate with your residents who have been who are in trauma impacted communities um, the Carillion Civic Association is meeting tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. Meeting information will be shared through their email listserv. Don't forget that we have the Birdhouse Farmers Market, um, which is operating every Tuesday from 3 to 6.30 p.m. behind the Randolph Pool along Grayland Avenue at Paternius Jones Park. The Swansboro Civic Association will meet on Thursday, excuse me, Thursday night at 6 p.m. via Zoom webinar, and their um, meeting information is on their Facebook page. This weekend, Friday, May 14th through Sunday, May 16th, Carytown Merchants Association is hosting Chalk Up the Town, and they're assigning different groups, different blocks to help with social distancing. Please check out the Chalk Art and support Carytown. I'm really excited about this. I look forward to seeing you all there. Currently, you have two opportunities each week to get a COVID vaccine at George With, our very own George With High School, uh, which is a, um, a site on the south side. And um, shout out to my other south of the river uh, call representatives and colleagues who um, work so hard to bring attention to our needs um, south of the river for vaccination sites. Um, on Tuesdays, by appointment, uh, by appointment between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m., for a COVID vaccine, you can get your COVID vaccine and um, they vary by week which vaccine is available. Um, or you can do a walk up on Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. and you get um, that 
walk up is the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. For an appointment, please call 804-205-3501. Next Thursday, June 20th at 6 p.m., I will be hosting a 5th District Town Hall via Zoom webinar. The link will come out in my newsletter, uh, newsletter later this week and can be found on Facebook. I hope that you can join us. We look forward to seeing you. Um, and finally, I um, want to thank my colleagues again for their support um, during our very, very rough um, week and very through this incident. Um, and also thank everyone for supporting um, and, and going through a, um, was a, it was a labor of love, our budget process, but in the end, um, we got a lot of wonderful things done to include getting some funding um, for gun violence prevention in our communities, and that wouldn't have been possible um, without everyone coming together and, and coalescing around that. So I want to thank you all um, for supporting that um, effort and, and so many others that came out of the budget. I'm really proud of um, everything that that we have done and accomplished together. Um, Councilmember Addison, you got your participatory budgeting. I'm excited that you're going on with that. Um, and um, so proud of you. Um, and for instance, uh, Councilmember Lambert um, for, for helping with the get get some of those really vital positions in the um, uh, in our parks and recs, uh, rec department. Um, that's council member George. I mean, all of us just did, you know, a lot of work to get a good product. And I think I'd be remiss without mentioning, um, how much work went into that. And, um, and I want to thank our council president for really helping us navigate a very big ship. Um, and, <laughs> and we don't thank her enough. Um, but she, um, really is that we jokingly call her affectionately call her our, our council mother um and in honor of mother's day we got to say know that, that madam uh, <laughs> okay he's gonna tell mom um okay <laughs> but in honor of mother's day just want to say happy mother's day to our council mom um and our and and someone who helps certainly helps guide all of us and got us through a really tenuous budget um cycle so i want to Thank you, Madam President, and, um, thank, and thank all the other, um, thank all my other colleagues for doing some really just kick butt work. Um, pretty impressive what we were able to do in a very short amount of time. And the administration, shout out to um, uh, everybody in the administration, especially Jay Brown and Mr. Saunders and everyone who, you know, was right there in the labor delivery room with us um, going through that labor of love. So um, glad that we are putting that. Um, behind us but just wanted to give that shout out um and as always you can reach me by calling 804-646-5724 or emailing stephanie.lynch or amy.robbins at richmondgov.com thank you thank you councilwoman lynch uh councilwoman trammell thank you madam president um first of all i want to say that but the um, incident that we had over there in your district, Stephanie, I know my heart went out to the to all of them over there, the mother and the baby and, and the other ones that were, you know, injured and shot for no reason whatsoever. 
but I want to give out a huge shout out to our Richmond police officers. I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart for what they did. They made the arrest of all five of them with the help of the FBI and U.S. Marshal and also with the community who came out and gave her um, so much information and also the cameras. We know that cameras work. And I want to thank, like I said, from the bottom of my heart, all of our police officers, because I will tell you right now, I've heard from many of them. I've heard from um, some of the other first responders that were there, and they said their heart, it just, just broke their heart what they saw. And, and you had to see, you had to be, be on the scene to see what those police officers and what um, the Richmond Ambulance Authority and the firefighters and all that, what they witnessed that, that night before, I think before even you and I had spoken. But again, thank you, the Richmond police officers. I know that we've lost so many of them. I know that we don't thank them enough. And you know what? When we lose them, we're going to realize what we've lost. And especially with the positions being frozen and, you know, summertime's not even here. This is only May. I can only imagine what's going to happen in the next few months. And if we don't get these police officers back on give them what they need, and our firefighters, all I can say is God help all of us. We won't be having that. We won't be having this kind of conversation. So again, thank you, Chief. Thank you, officers, for all that they do. Also, I want to say that many of my elderly citizens are calling me. They're very, very upset. They turned their applications in for the tax relief before the March the 31st deadline. Still haven't heard back from finance. They don't know if their application had been approved or not approved. And we all know that the tax that the tax bill is due by June the 14th. So, and I know that we're I know that COVID is still here. Believe me, I definitely still know that. I still have friends that are in the hospital with COVID right now, so I know it's still out there. Um, I like to know, you know, does finance need more? Do they need some help? Are they working? I don't know, but it's pretty upsetting to me when my citizens are calling me, especially my elderly citizens who don't know what to do and they can't get an answer. Also, I know that we brought up about the, um, you know, that it, it's the citizen's responsibility to pay their um, personal property tax by June the 5th. How are they supposed to know what to pay if they don't have a bill? And, and you know, right now DMV is closed, can't, you know, unless you get an appointment and Lord knows how long that takes. So I don't think they should be penalized if they don't get those payments in. I know that the mail, you know, it's not our mail carriers. I must say, I've seen our mail carriers out there 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night in my neighborhood. I don't know where the breakdown is, but I'm sick and tired of our mail carriers being blamed for stuff that they don't have any control over. So I think that our citizens should not be taxed. They should not be penalized if they don't get these bills. Because here it is, the day is, what, June the 10th? They're due by... I mean, this is May the 10th, the due by June the 5th, and then the other, the other tax, or real estate tax, June the 14th. So I don't want to hear that it's their responsibility. It's our responsibility to get those bills out to them in the mail and professionally time. Also, um, I know that I've been telling many citizens that they call the 804-205-3501. It's 804-205-3501. Um, that is the health department. They can call Chip Decker um, with Richmond Ambulance Authority, and they can come out to your place, and they will 
because I know that there's so many citizens in my district that are not able to get to CVS on Wamsley or, or to the Walgreen or to George West um, to get the vaccine. They're not able because they're in wheelchairs, hospital beds. But if you will call that number, they will come out there to you and they will give you the vaccine. And then they'll come back and give you the second one. So please, please call that number, 804-205-3501. Also, I want to thank the Richmond firefighters. I saw Station 21 out yesterday going door to door to make sure that people have a working smoke alarm. You must have a working smoke alarm. They, they will save your life. And there, they, I know that there our firefighters have been to many scenes where there were not working smoke alarms in their house. Some of them didn't even have a smoke alarm. Also, they're trying to um, educate the citizens, especially our seniors. You must have a pathway to get to your front door, to your back door. And I know, you know, sometimes they have clothes. They have clothes they haven't folded, clothes they haven't put away, or, you know, a table here or something that blocks them where they can't get outside. You know, when there's, when, and a lot of times the smoke will overcome you and take you out before the fire gets you. So please, please, you know, um, Go to the nearest fire station or call the fire department at 646-1526, 646-1526. The firefighters will come to your home and they will help you. They will make sure that you, you know that you have a path and that you know you have an escape plan because we just never know, you know, when someone's going to be smoking in the house, you know, drop the cigarette, catch the, when you've got a whole bunch of clothes here in your bedroom or in the hallway, next thing you know, everything's up in flames and you don't. There's no way out. Also, um, I know that um, many, 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 many of my citizens have been calling me in support of one casino. They want it in the 8th District. And they're saying, we can't get a grocery store. We don't, you know, we don't have restaurants, a sit-down restaurant, a nice restaurant. When they found out that Mama Jay's is going to come to one casino in Southern Kitchen and some others, they were just so excited. Many of them said, you know, we don't gamble. We would just want to go for some entertainment. We want to have something to do. We're seniors. We want to have something to do. We want to have a place to go and eat. And also, we want to mingle with friends. And we could catch the bus there. You know, that just breaks my heart when, when I hear them tell me, and I've been hearing it for years and years, and I've been hearing for years and years, we're going to help you over here in Southside. We're going to help you in the 8th District. We're going to help you get this. We're going to help you get that. Never happens. And when you got Manchester that, that it's exploding the way it is with all the apartments and all the, you know, all the people moving over there, where's the grocery store? There's no grocery store over there. Don't have an answer for that. I know Sims Avenue. Look at all the apartments. Bainbridge Street. Look at all the apartments. Look at, you know, Richmond Highway, you know, thank God for Chris Harrison, he's remodeling the model tobacco. Thank God for Tom Wilkerson, all those apartments. Now he's in phase two. Thank God for that. And and people, there's a waiting list for them. But you know what they're asking me? Where's the entertainment? Where's the entertainment? What's it to do? Where do we go? We got to go across the river? Or we got to go to Chesterfield and Michael to spend our money? How come we don't have anything over here on the south side? Well, there's some restaurants. There's some not like we want. We want to see some entertainment. We want to see, I mean, I even brought up to, um, to um, Alfred Liggins about, you know, if you did entertainment, 
What about Tony Jackson? He's a new country singer. Can you book him? Why not him too? You know, a variety of music. That's what, and people from Chester and him, Michael, been calling me. If y'all get that, can we have some country music? Can we have some other restaurants too that are, you know, some good old fashioned cooking and, you know, whatever? I said, yeah, that's good. And then my seniors are saying, if, can we get can we get something like a um, a senior discount if we want to go to the shows? What about our veterans? They're asking me, can, if we if this comes over here, can we get a discount since we're veterans? These are the things that people have been saying to me for months and months. I have been sitting in my house on a computer that I do not have in my house. I've been out there in the neighborhoods talking to the people every single day, talking to the people, taking pictures of them, taking them down there to the location to let them know that it's not going to be on Walmsley Boulevard. It's over there by Bells Road and Commerce. Dead end. Romsey is that dead end. Go there and look at it. It is a beautiful, beautiful site. People have been asking me about the buses, the tour buses that's going to be coming in. Plenty of parking over there. Plenty of land. A dog park. A park for the children. Out of way. It's not going to be in a neighborhood where there's going to be, you know, no traffic. When I carry those people from Dale Avenue, from Lynn Haven, from Bells Road over there, yeah, Bells Road picked up somebody, took them over there. They're like, oh my God, it's over here. We thought it was Walmsley. No, ma'am, it's right here. Jobs, over 1,700 jobs. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be $15 an hour. It might be more than that. You have to, you have to weigh out the, you know, the incentives that they're going to give. Profit sharing. You know, it's on the bus line. It's for people that don't want to have the college degree or don't have the money to get a college degree. For people that can come there to work at the mo at the hotel, they can come there and work on the ground. They, a lot of them are lawn keepers. They say we we don't have our business anymore because of COVID. We'd love to come and and show them what we can do with our hands and and all of that. Plant the flowers and make it beautiful. How do I? What do I? I listen. I've listened to them for months and months and months and months. And we're running out of time. As one of my colleagues said earlier, early voting starts in September. September. This is May and time. What happened to December? Here it is. We've been talking about this. December, January, February, March, April, May. Now, two weeks to June. Where are we headed? We're going to let this go? My people want it. My people are saying they want it in the 8th district. That doesn't mean the people from the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, 5th, and 6th, and 7th, and 8th, ninth can't come over here. You can come over here. You can. You can. Southside is safe. Michael Jones can tell you. Ellen can tell you. We're not bad people. We're good people. We want jobs like everybody else. We want to have something. We want to have a home. We want to have a roof over. We want to have a roof over our heads. We want to be able to pay our bills. We want to be able to go out and spend money too, not sit there and wait and wait for a job. And then you go for the interview, and then you're told, "Oh, you don't know how to do this. You don't know how to do that." Well, sorry, we can't use you today, or we can't hire you. Today. <coughs> I hear that from my people. I don't know if you all do, but I know I do, and I know it's heartbreaking to hear 
like I said, I want to also thank Joey Matthews for all that he does to go get people in our in my in our eighth district and in other districts. We take them food, we take them clothes, and I want to thank all the people that give us the stuff. They get they donate it in my district, all over. Dinwiddie, Chesterfield, they come and we go meet them and we load up our cars and we go give the stuff out to the people. I have pictures. We share it on Facebook so people will know that all you got to do is call us. Don't 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 feel embarrassed. We know everybody is struggling right now. And then you talk about the the stimulus check. Really, a lot of people have been saving the money to try to pay the taxes, the real estate tax, the personal property tax. A lot of people got medical bills because of COVID. But anyway, if you have any questions, you can always call my home at 804-233-7382. Again, that's my home phone, 804-233-7382. My personal cell, 804-240-5050. 804-240-5050. And I want to thank all the ones that have been calling me, texting me, emailing me. You can email me to at reva, R-E-V-A, dot trammel, T-R-A, M-M-E-L-L at richmondgov, one word, richmondgov.com. This right here is your free smoke alarm. If you call the firefighter, 646-1526, they'll come to your home. They will install this for you free. We just pray that President Joe Biden will continue to give us the funding for these free smoke alarms. They will save your life. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Councilwoman Trammell. Um, just a couple of quick announcements. The next 7th District Virtual Community Meeting will be held on Wednesday, May 26. Uh, the agenda will include uh, updates in terms of Richmond Public Schools and where we are with our virtual uh, uh, learning, uh, school reopening, uh, school building construction, uh, updates in terms of the budget for the new fiscal year, uh, COVID vaccination, our East End Community Public Safety Initiative, and more. Again, that is Wednesday, May 26 at 6 p.m. For more information, you can call uh, our office, 646-3012. Uh, you can reach me um, at 543-7837, my cell, or my liaison, Sam Patterson, at 241-7544. You can also reach uh, Mr. Patterson at sam.patterson at richmondgov.com or me at cynthia.newbill at richmondgov.com. We have, uh, and I will post to our social media sites, um, opportunities uh, to call in for appointments at, uh, an additional, at additional sites in the uh, East End 7th District. And so we will post that information for you, but we have a variety of other sites that you can either walk up to or call in for appointments that didn't exist prior. I would like to um, just say thank you to my uh, council colleagues uh, for uh, just the incredible uh, commitment, due diligence, hard work that you invested relative to our budget amendment and approval process. I want to say thank you for that effort. Um, it was quite a journey, but we, uh, we've arrived uh, and we still have work to do. But uh, we did uh, make significant progress and looking forward to our continued efforts over the next budget process and looking to further refine our budget process. 
I'd like to absolutely give uh, thanks, uh, great thanks and appreciation to our city council uh, staff who worked with us uh, throughout this process on budget, um, all of the staff members um, under Mr. Dave, uh, under Ms. Davis's leadership, um, Mr. Eckelberger, Mr. Anderson, uh, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Skinner, uh, Ms. on and on, all of our council uh, staff. And certainly would like to thank the administrative staff for your collaboration with us throughout this process as well. I would just like to um, uh, advise us to adhere to uh, the information shared relative to COVID and please continue to work to keep our neighbors and community healthy and well by still adhering to uh, CDC guidelines. We've made progress, but we're not there yet. And so continuing to wash our hands and watch our distancing and wear our masks um, certainly will uh, bode well for us overall in terms of uh, continuing to, prove, to improve the health and well-being of our community. With that, members, uh, the agenda for this meeting uh, has been accomplished, and we now stand adjourned. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you.